Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. I'm David Ferris, and today I'd like to talk about the rise of left-wing podcasters. For a long time, talk radio was the realm of the right. It began in the late 1980s with Rush Limbaugh. Now, what are the similarities between the Democrat Party of today and the Nazi Party in Germany? Since then, influential personalities like Glenn Beck, Sean Hannity, and Michael Savage have projected their grievances and biases onto millions of listeners who, in turn, have rewarded these hosts with wealth and incredible influence in Republican politics. It's a weak, sick nation. A weak, sick, broken nation. And you need men like me to save the country. You need men to stand up and say, stop crying like a baby over everything. Stand up for The left has long looked with envy and bitterness at this powerful network of right-wing radio hosts who hold so much sway over American politics. It's not like the left didn't try. Broadcasting from an underground bunker 3,500 feet below Dick Cheney's bunker, Air America Radio is on the air. The alternative left-wing radio network Air America debuted in 2004. It provided a bevy of left-leaning talent, including a pre-Congress Al Franken, and a pre-MSNBC Rachel Maddow. But the venture imploded spectacularly and declared bankruptcy in 2010. But things are a little different today. Welcome to the first episode of Pod Save America. (laughs) Since the election, subscribership to a series of left-leaning podcasts has exploded. The most prominent is Pod Save America, the brainchild of former Obama speechwriters John Favreau and John Lovett, with former Obama spokesman Tommy Vitor. Part of the problem in this election is that there, was, there wasn't a good place to talk about politics like a human being, and there wasn't a good place to try to understand not just what was happening, but what you can do about it. Episodes draw anywhere from 800,000 to 1.4 million listeners. Those numbers rival major cable programs, and in some cases eclipse household name shows like Morning Joe and Anderson Cooper 360. The Pod Save Empire also includes programs like Pod Save the World and Pod Save the People, all of which have strong numbers. But they're not the only ones filling the space. Vox's podcasts, including The Weeds and The Ezra Klein Show, are also extremely popular, even among people who, until recently, didn't follow politics very closely at all. If you look at charts of America's top podcasts, there's barely any conservative shows to be found. That makes podcasting the first medium in which the left is dominant since the FCC overturned the Fairness Doctrine in 1987, freeing radio stations from the requirement to provide time for counterarguments. If we go back and look at right-wing radio's success, you might notice that it was partly geographic. Republicans, very broadly speaking, tend to live outside of major cities and prefer the car-centric lifestyle of ranch houses, strip malls, and sprawl spending more time driving to work than the average Democrat. This makes them available in huge numbers for over-the-air or satellite radio programs piped directly into their cars. By contrast, urban-dwelling liberals walk, bike, or take public transit to work. And in many major cities, radio signals, as well as the internet, are unavailable on trains. Podcasts easily resolve this issue by downloading automatically onto smartphones for all subscribers. Conservative dominance of the airwaves allowed the right to do one of the most important things in public life, agenda setting. By communicating to conservative listeners what's important and what they should care about, 
Limbaugh and his fellow movement conservatives were able to direct which issues their listeners would feel most passionately about. A 2000 study found that Limbaugh could actually move the needle on issues he felt passionately about. Limbaugh's rage was contagious, and the anger he incited in his listeners couldn't be accounted for by ideology, party affiliation, or exposure to other conservative media or messaging. Take Limbaugh's withering attacks on feminazis, a term he coined in the 1990s to refer to pro-choice activists. Recently, the slur has found a new home in Limbaugh's lexicon, becoming a catch-all for feminists. Wives being more educated than their husbands is even more prevalent among newlyweds, partly because younger women have surpassed men in higher education the past 20 years, and it's not even close. And this has been one of the objectives of the feminazis. I mean, you'd almost have to say they've achieved their goal here. This is what happens, folks, when you chickify universities and make them uninteresting to men. That's incredible influence for someone who possesses no meaningful advanced background in politics or policy. And that's not unusual in conservative talk radio. Sean Hannity is a broadcast lifer who has never spent a day of his adult life writing policy. Michael Savage has a PhD in nutritional ethnomedicine. I'm asking you, what would you do to change this healthcare system for the better. Their qualifications to weigh in on the day's issues largely consist of being super mad about something and having the ability to theatrically communicate that outrage. Kathy, get off my phone! Get off my phone, you little pinhead! By contrast, the left's new stars are actual experts in public policy. People like former Obama strategist David Axelrod, host of The Axe Files. While the hosts of these dense gabfests sometimes get angry about the latest policy abomination or legal violation emanating from this rogue White House, generally, they come off as rational people who care about the fate of the Republic, rather than rabble-rousers interested in increasing their own ratings at the expense care. of civility and common you purpose. people don't care about the trillions! Get off of With Republicans in power, Democrats may be seizing on new technologies and strategies to challenge the dominance of their rivals. In this age, podcasts have the potential to be that kind of disruptive innovation. Podcasts might not actually save the world, but at the least, they can get the left into the fight. And that does it for this episode of 7-Minute Explainers. Look out for new episodes every Thursday on Apple Podcasts, theweek.com, or wherever you listen. I'm David Ferris, and thanks so much for listening. Listening.